Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard another great episode of the Sling Second Sports Podcast. I am John Schofield. Joining me from the Capital Gazette and Baltimore Sun newspapers is Bill Wagner. Today is October 13th, 2022. This is your SMU preview. We are really excited on this podcast to talk SMU, talk about a big win for Navy women's soccer, talk about some big star competitions coming up this weekend. And we have an amazing interview with class of 96 graduate Brad Snodgrass assistant coach for the Broadneck High School baseball team here in Annapolis, and the founder of a really neat program uh, at a middle school locally here. We're going to talk to Brad about how he used the physical mission and his time here to build a really great educational resource for kids. But first, let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. I was out there last night. It was a picture-perfect night. Out at the Naval Academy, 7 p.m. kick between the Mids and American, an American University team that is not good. They were 0-4 and or they were 0-3 and 2 in the Patriot League, 1-5 and 6 overall. They had six ties, uh, but not a very good uh, soccer team. A team that's at the bottom of the standings of the Patriot League and Navy with Army coming up this weekend really needed to take care of business against a bottom of the table team, and they did. Jenna Daunt, the junior, took a great pass from Mibi Abisham, the, the plebe, and in the 64th minute gave the mids a win that they desperately needed. They now stand at 3-3 three and three in the Patriot League, albeit still down at the very bottom uh, of the rankings in order to get into the Patriot League tournament. Only the top six teams go, and right now Navy sits at six. But Wags, everything's in front of them now. Um, they've got the game against Army this weekend and then two bottom table games against Lafayette and Holy Cross. Holy Cross doesn't even have a win. Um, so right now, Wags, I think that they are in a great position to not only get a star – but even launch so far up in the in the standings that might they might even host and get a bye, which would be a, a dream for women's soccer after the, the the real slump they had after the Bucknell game. But but you've got to think now, Wags, that they got the must needed win, and a lot of things hinge on this game at Army this Saturday. One hundred percent, John. And I have to say, I mean, perhaps Jenna Daunt heard you calling her out on the last podcast for not producing. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, that goal. Apparently, a really nice one touch and a great feed on it, right? Yeah, I mean, they, I'll, I'll be honest, this was not a game that they were in control of. Maddie Gallagher, hats off to her. She made two amazing saves, particularly in the first half, like full layout poster saves that were amazing. Uh, but yeah, in the second half, it was a really spirited battle. Uh, Abisham gave her a nice little cross right at the head of the box and, and she one touched at home. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you right now, Wags, that it still looks like a disjointed performance. Um, Daunt played well. Graziano was active. Herman was active. 
Um, you know, so was Alexa Riddle. She had a shot on goal. But again, I, I come back to what I said last time. I really thought after the Bucknell game, I really thought after what we saw out of the plebes, Graziano and Riddle last year, that this would be a team that would be looking down at everyone else in the standing. So it's head scratching for me that Bucknell is sitting at the top of the table. And that's the team that we trounced 4-0 about a month ago. And now all of a sudden we're looking up at everybody. Getting that star on Saturday has got to be critical. And that's a good Army team. They're sitting third in the standings right now, actually tied for second. They, they've got to go up there thinking that that is the signature of their season, right, Wags? Yes, sir. Well, and Navy Sports Information Director Scott Strassmeyer sent out the updated playoff picture. This victory, Navy is the last seed. But you don't want to be on the bubble. You need to get yourself firmly entrenched. And as you mentioned, try to get up higher in the table and be, you know, hopefully hosting, you know, a home game. So, yeah, they've got to, I think, frankly, you got to almost win out from here, John. I mean, I know that's asking a lot. Um, but in the, it seems to me from being carefully following this team, the defense is solid. It's been an inability to mount an attack and score goals. Would that be fair to say? I mean, uh, shutout at Lehigh, only mastered one goal against American, shutout by Boston, shutout by Loyola. I mean, the, the scoring is the key here, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you that the back line, Tatum Kelly, you know, Kiefer Williamson, she played really well last night. The back line has been great, and Mally Ga Maddie Gallagher has been unquestionably good. I think what you're seeing here, you know, and I'll throw on my, you know, Steve McManaman cap here as I as I evaluate soccer teams like I'm an expert. Losing Vicky Tran in the center midfield, you know, the, the table setter for those really fast gazelles like Graziano and Riddle was huge, you know, and, and then you you slot Sophie Ewing in there to do that and you lose her. Um, so we, we can't underestimate the impact of the injuries, particularly in the center midfield and how they helped kind of mesh, uh, you know, the transition from defense to offense, the feeding, you know, the, the overlapping runs from uh, the fast forwards. You really need a good midfield for that. And right now, I think that's the missing piece. If they can get the offense back on track for what it did at Bucknell, then I, I really think Wags the sky is the limit. But need absolutely need to get that star on Saturday because then the last two fixtures against bottom of the table teams you could really find yourself where you want to be well John let's close this segment out of the women's soccer by just going through it exactly the way it stands at as current Boston is in first place they have a five and one record 15 points Bucknell second four one and one 13 points they still have to play Army and Boston Army, 4-1-1, 13 points. Still have to play Bucknell in Boston. Loyola, 3-1-2, 11 points. Lehigh, 3-2-1, 10 points. And Navy, with the sixth and final seed, 3-3, 9 points. So you see how tenuous it is. And you know, behind them is Colgate, 2-3-1, 7 points. So you, there is another team lurking that can surpass you if you don't finish. So to me, Navy really has to drive itself up higher in the standings and that's all we're going to say at this point so yes army must win must win on saturday get that star and go from there speaking of a team that kind of likes where they are in the conference right now let's talk about the navy football team so navy and smu will meet for the 24th time overall 
And the eighth time is AA Steepos when they square off Friday night in primetime on ESPN at 7.30 p.m. Um, the trip to Dallas is critical. You know, Navy enters Friday's contest in fifth place in the American Athletic Conference, but just a half game behind first place Cincinnati and Tulane. Who would have thunk that when we said the sky was falling after Air Force? So the top two teams will play in the AAC championship game in early December. The mids can certainly be there, but they've got to keep this good momentum going from the 53 points that they threw up. Um, SMU enters Friday's game with a two and three record, but Wags, this is a game that's lost three straight. They started with walkover wins over North Texas and Lamar, uh, but then they lost on the road to a very good Maryland team. I watched that. Uh, they lost to a very good TCU team that's all of a sudden probably in a conversation for the national title. And then on a, again on the road to a very good UCF team. So if you think that this team is bad because they're two and three, ladies and gentlemen, they're not. And let's continue the trend here of playing 12th year quarterbacks in the AAC you know, Holt Nailers, everyone else that we've played, now Tanner Mordecai, who's back for his 25th year at SMU, it seems, is going to be leading the charge for the Mustangs, Wags. I think for the mids, and you talked about it, you had a great article in the Capitol this morning about the fullbacks and how Daba Fofana has led this resurgence at that position. It's got to be more than the fullbacks on Friday night, right, Wags? What, what's your other key for a victory here? Well, you're right, John. I think Tanner Mordecai played at Oklahoma back when Barry Switzer was the coach and then before transferring to SMU. Uh, watch him like Barry Sanders run against him. Yeah, Tanner Mordecai is 48 million years old. <laughs> but, uh, you know, SMU is the tale of a great offense and not so great defense. I mean, you look at this is a Navy's resurgent rushing offense could have a field day because the rushing defense for SMU is ranked 103 nationally, giving up 176 yards per game. And let's that's when they're playing a lot of AAC teams that want to throw the ball. So now what happens when they face a team that actually is intent and determined to run the ball? I could see this as being a great opportunity for Navy to build upon what it did this past Saturday against Tulsa. And... But on the other side of the coin, and I watched that Maryland game as well, and Maryland had a hard time slowing down Tanner Mordecai, and he's got one of the best wide receivers in the entire nation in Rashi Rice. And he's another guy that's been around a while. He leads the country in receiving – actually, I'm sorry, bear with me. He's second in the country in receiving yards and receptions per game. So – he is the go-to target, but he's not the only one. They've got a Texas transfer, a sophomore named Kelvante Dixon. He's legit. And then there's a very solid tight end. And that's what Coach Newberry always worries about the tight ends because you you got to cover three receivers downfield, and then there's a tight end who hurts you underneath. And that guy's almost always covered by a linebacker. So it can be a difficult matchup. So to me – the Navy formula was, is perfect for this. Hog the ball, dominate possession, keep Tanner Mordecai and this talented receiving core off the field, bludgeon that very obviously weak SMU ru rushing defense uh, into submission and win this game. Uh, 
I think this is a, a great opportunity for Navy to get a, a really good road win against a solid team. My only concern, John, is the short week. It is very tough when you played Saturday and have to turn around and play Friday night, whereas SMU played last Wednesday night against Central Florida and has had over a week to prepare. And not only that, they're home. So that is a distinct disadvantage for the midship. Yeah, and in fact, we were talking about it uh, the other day, Chris Cervello and I, that you, know, you, you don't want these situations where you have extra time for teams to prepare for you while you have less time. And that's just the way that the schedules go. And you know what, what's bad for the mids this week might be good for the mids in a couple of weeks. A lot of these things tend to even out. But in this particular case, yeah, it's tough. And, and this is a tough little road trip down there to Dallas, short week. Um, in fact, as we record this on Thursday morning, the mids are already down there, I'm sure. Um, you know, they've got to they've got to think that for me and this was in the notes for the uh, for the SMU game from Sports Information. And these are great notes that the first drive for the defense really is the key that Navy is two and oh this year when the opposition doesn't score on the opening drive. When the opposition does score on the opening drive, the mids are 0 and four. The first quarter has been the worst for us. That's when we're seeing the worst football, the most unimaginative play calling, the most like up the middle runs for near zero yards. And we have been outscored this year in the first quarter, 37 to 17. Now we've outscored the opposition 32 to 10 in the second quarter. But, you know, Wags, this has been the bugaboo for them all year in these losses is all of a sudden, before you even know what happened, you're down and you're running unimaginative offense. And it's just tough to claw back from there. Well, and that's why this past week against Tulsa, they totally turned that around. Defense got a stop on Tulsa's opening possession. And meanwhile, the offense, you know, made some noise. Now, granted, the first drive ended in Tulsa territory. The second drive came up short and settled for Daniel Davies field goal. And you're like, here we go again, getting into Tulsa territory and unable to finish. But then that ended. But there is no doubt, and this is not anything new, John, Navy football, you have to get ahead. It is not the entire structure of, of the way Navy operates. Hog the ball, dominate possession, and that it's all based off having the lead. Playing from behind is not Navy football. So, yes, I think 100% key on Friday night, Stop SMU on its first possession, score on your opening possession, set the tone, get control, take the lead. And, and the mids, they're six and five all time in Dallas. Uh, while SMU has won the last two meetings, including a 31-24 victory down here last year. Um, yeah, their last win down in Dallas, Wags, you might remember in November of 2016 when Navy put up an astounding 75 points, winning 75 to 31. Um, my prediction here, and and uh, Jimmy the Greek uh, is not with us right now to give us the details of it, but I know the mids are a double-digit underdog. I would absolutely take those right now. I think what we saw last week, I think the momentum coming from that game, uh, the importance of this game, knowing that a very gettable Houston team awaits on the 22nd, and then a very, very gettable Temple team, shout out Colin Schofield, on the 29th. We really have to hope that the mids go down there and, and kind of shock the world and get a big road win, but they're going to have to do it against a really big spread. Um, I think they cover that. 
I think they keep it close. And again, if that offense can click, if that offense can score a bunch of points against a very bad SMU defense, I think the mids win, and that's my prediction. What's yours? Well, first of all, I just checked the latest odds, and it's SMU by 12 and a half, which is frankly surprising to me. Navy coming off a great win. I guess yeah. the uh, odds makers are not believing what they saw this past Saturday, thinking that's a flash in the pan for Navy. Uh, I agree, John. I think Navy's going to go down and win this game. I just feel good that Navy turned the corner, and I hate to get on the bandwagon after one game, but what I saw Saturday was Navy football in every respect. And in talking to coaches uh, since then, uh, you know, Mike James, our friend from the Mid Report, does the breakdowns. And if you watch, the blocking was tremendous, and that is what has been lacking for the offense, the blocking. And everything clicked. And a big point that Mike made, which was absolutely correct, the slotbacks had not been effectively blocking. And that's your perimeter game is all based on slotbacks blocking. And I had noticed it. They were whiffing on blocks completely in the first four games. And it was a completely different story against Tulsa. Those A-backs were getting tremendous blocks. But better than that, up front, uh, we really saw some serious action on the left-hand side. And I'll tell you something that Navy did. They brought Leary Amatazian at center. He's 315 pounds. Tulsa had a very big nose guard. Mertazi was able to control him. And then on the left side, when Mertazi was in, they had Ahmad Bradley, who's another big 300-pounder at left guard. And then they bumped Connor McMahon who had been playing left guard, out to left tackle, which is really his natural position. If you remember, McMahon was a tackle to begin the season. They moved him inside to guard because they felt like they needed to get him on the field. But that lineup was extremely effective. And if you remember, all three of Daba Fafana's touchdown runs were on the left-hand side, and they were running a little trap play and getting great seals and creating a really nice lane. So, And then Kip Franklin deserves a shout-out. He is your senior captain, your bell cow at right tackle. You know, he hadn't practiced much. He's always banged up. He's perpetually injured. I mean, that's just the way it is. His body has suffered over a long haul of four tough years. And, you know, but he started slow this season. There's no doubt. Ashley Ingram, the offensive line coach, I talked to him this week. He admitted it. Kip started slow. Well, Kip Franklin had by far his best game against Tulsa, and he showed some nastiness, as our Navy football podcast friend Eric Catani pointed out, and he liked it. Uh, he showed a nasty side against Tulsa, and that's what you need from your senior captain kind of setting the tone and telling the offensive line, this is how it's got to be. So I'm on the bandwagon, John. I think Navy goes down there, beats SMU on its home field, and then comes back here really rolling for Houston. So, ladies and gentlemen, for amazing analysis like that, we encourage you, as always, to listen to the Navy Football Podcast. That'll be coming out later this week as well as E.K., Keenan, and Wags break down a very big SMU game in more detail. And, hey, before we go to that break, ladies and gentlemen, let me say a special thank you to our sponsors. Let's say a special thanks and happy birthday to ProMD Health Annapolis. They just celebrated 11 years. They are the premier health spa in Annapolis for your needs, for anti-aging, for Botox, anything you need. 
please rely on Dr. George Gravilla and ProMD Health in Annapolis. Let them know. Hey, a special thanks to Admiral Tom Lynch and New Day USA Mortgage. If you're a veteran, if you're anyone who needs a mortgage, please rely on New Day USA. Special thanks to Academy Securities, a loyal sponsor of the Sing Second Sports Podcast, and also to Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. Many thanks to them. And finally, to Scott Shooter, the Shrek Realtor and crew. He is by far the best realtor in Annapolis. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Brad Snodgrass. This is an interview you do not want to miss. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, fans, a couple announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. Navy football returns to Annapolis for back-to-back home games to close out the month of October. The midshipmen will host Houston at noon on October 22nd, followed by a 3.30 p.m. kickoff versus Temple for Senior Day on October 29th. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. And while you're on NavySports.com, be sure to grab your basketball season tickets. Navy men's and women's basketball season tickets are on sale now. Join us at Alumni Hall all season long as the mids look to build off their exciting 2022 campaigns. In addition, this year, all Navy basketball season ticket holders will be entered to win an authentic Navy football jersey, the same jersey that the mids wear for right, Army Navy game. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Now back to the pod. Uh, the best part of this podcast over the three seasons, um, and we haven't been able to do it a lot this season, is bringing you the non-X's and O's stories of graduates, staff, uh, what people are doing out there you know, to be individuals of character and consequence, which is what the Naval Academy and the physical mission creates. We've been able to talk to Chris Nerven about, you know, his musical career. We've covered Nicole Anapu Mann, who, I don't know, just went to space, no big deal. But I am really, really happy to bring you this week's interview. And that is with class of 96 graduate Brad Snodgrass. Uh, Brad was a surface warfare officer, taught in Loose Hall uh, after two very successful SWO tours got out of the Navy and got into education. He's going to tell you guys a little bit more about that. Number one, Brad, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Number two, catch us up. Like, what did you do sports-wise at the Naval Academy? What did you major in? And then kind of explain to uh, to the audience, you know, what you've been doing since then. This is our reunion uh, opportunity for you to catch everyone up. Love it, John. Thanks for having me. Um, your energy in the podcast is just great. Uh, it's, it's great to be on this end of it. Uh, so I came to the Naval Academy from Northeastern Ohio, as you mentioned, the class of 96 as a, as a baseball player. And so I was a pitcher on the JV baseball team, um, had a great experience, made a bunch of uh, lifelong friends there, um, experienced a, a couple of, of folks uh, of note, uh, captains my youngster year, captains of the baseball team, Andy Payne, and then a guy named Marcus Lee. Uh, Marcus Lee always stuck out in my mind because he injured his left shoulder. He was a lefty-lefty kind of guy and injured his shoulder playing football, taught himself how to throw right-handed and played first base as a right-handed thrower and a left-handed home run hitter. Um, so I was always enamored with Marcus and, and looking up to those guys. And then Andy Payne, a relationship from the baseball team, ended up being a professional relationship. So we served together on uh, USS Connolly, uh, great story there for another time about Andy um, 
and, and serving as his under instruction, J-O-O-D. Uh, he did a great job. Uh, we'll call it mentoring, but it was, uh, he, he just said, uh, he just said, <laughs> I, go I've, do I've the been, thing. I've been around Andy Payne mentoring yeah. before too. Yeah. It was great. I, I, I get it. Was it. Great. He said, go do the thing. You're well-trained and, um, and let me fail. And then we picked up the pieces and moved on. Uh, and it was great. And then after that, uh, Andy's relationship carried me to a, a portion of my professional career uh, with another Naval Academy connection, the Boland family in Washington, D.C., and sold HVAC for the Bolands for 20 years and still have a nice relationship with them. And they're actually the organization that granted me what we're referring to as a sabbatical of sorts um, and a sabbatical to really do this deep dive into education that you mentioned at the outset um, and have been in, in the education space, even in parallel path for that 20 years. When the family moved back from Naval Station Mayport and met you teaching in Loose Hall, I got into coaching. And, and there's a great story of me uh, in the third base coaching box at the Broadneck High School uh, JV field and getting a kid. What would you say, John? I got him thrown out by, I don't know, 20 steps, something like that. Only the Baltimore Orioles third base coach has had more people thrown out at home in the last uh, 12 months than you had in that very short time. And you know, assistant pro at the golf club, Rick Phelps, uh, he he remembers those days well as a former player. And then obviously, Lieutenant Chris Cornwall and I were able to watch several of those plays at home. And yeah, I mean, it. it I, I, I'm not going to say that you misjudge the speed of of those young uh, high school runners rounding third, but you know, it, you you played an aggressive style of coaching. And, and that is my segue into yeah, now you are the assistant coach for Broadneck Baseball. You've been involved in mentoring um, you know, midshipmen since 2000 when you got to Loose Hall and were teaching in seamanship and navigation, mentoring there, mentoring on the high school level. And now, Brad, you have started a program uh, at Magothy River Middle School in Annapolis that I think is is otherworldly in its impact. Uh, if you can if you can take a minute, Explain to the listeners about what This Is uh, Surf Club is. Thank you, John. Um, yeah, I've, I've been able to do a lot of things. And the Naval Academy was uh, really the pivot point that uh, allowed me to literally join the Navy and see the world and, and do all kinds of things. Uh, the coaching that I've been able to do has been a lot of fun. But I'll tell you, I've, I've told you, I've, I'll tell anybody who will listen, this recent endeavor, This Is Surf Club, has my toes tapping in a way that uh, just doesn't compare to anything else I've done in my entire very, very lucky and blessed life. Um, Surf Club started uh, just back in February. So it's a new new little entity, uh, seven, eight months old. And it started because our middle school doesn't start the academic day until kind of the middle of the morning. And I just saw an opportunity there. Um, I love the game of baseball, but what I really love about it uh, is the mental side of the game, the the sports psychology piece. Uh, you mentioned Rick Phelps earlier. Baseball and golf have that unique thing where you can hit a tee shot with your driver, and then the game may make you wait 25 minutes to get that driver back in your hands. And if you hit a bad one, you kind of have to carry that with you for 25 minutes or make the choice to kind of breathe, you know, get into some mindfulness, flush that, uh, flush that bad drive on one and not have it uh, carrying around uh, in your bag so that when you grab that driver on seven, maybe you have a little bit better chance of succeeding. Baseball is the same way. You you lead off in the first inning and you hit a weak ground ball, you have to now go play defense. And if you're carrying that with you, it's going to affect your defense. If you carry it with you to the plate in the third inning, 
that at bat probably isn't going to go very well either. The reason I was so attracted to that is, man, if we could go back in the time machine and see Brad Snodgrass at age 14, 15, 16, we would find a young man in dire need of, of this kind of stuff, right? The, the teachings of the, the modern day uh, sports psychologist. And so I, I intersected the opportunity with, man, the school day kind of gets going a little late. I wonder if there's something we could do before school. My love of sports psychology and really um, the enjoyment that I get from, from being around young people um, and, and watching them uh, chase their dreams. Uh, the end of that ended up morphing beyond sports. Uh, our, our daughter, Mallory, was a, a musical theater kid uh, growing up and at Bradneck High School. And a great, great friend in the early days of describing Surf Club to folks um, said, so this thing that you have, it's a sports thing? And your daughter wouldn't have been able to participate. And it was just this huge moment where I realized that we needed to pivot. We needed to open the aperture and surf club needed to be for everyone. And so you ask, wait a minute, I'm, I'm familiar with Annapolis, Maryland. I know where Broadneck is on the peninsula. I don't see a lot of opportunity for waves and wetsuits and surfing. And, and that's where we, uh, we come to describe that surf club is about riding the waves of life, right? So we're actually, um, Maybe one day for a, for a field trip, we'll go out and, and find some waves and body surf and do some stuff. But this is really about the ups and downs that a mid middle schooler experiences. And I certainly can relate to uh, the trials and tribulations of middle school, the challenges of middle school. I think most people can. Um, but the more adults that I talk to about it, they say, yeah, but the ups and downs didn't stop in eighth grade. They continue in high school. They continue beyond high school. They certainly continued... Uh, learning things and experiencing failure and um, at the Naval Academy and Andy Payne doing a great job of mentoring me and you know pushing me into the deep end on my first watch as a JOD under instruction and riding the waves of that experience. Um, and so all of that, the connection with um, and the great job that you guys do highlighting the physical mission, because back to my experience at that wonderful school, the friends I met, most of my uh, the things I use today come from the physical mission, right? The, my experience with the physical mission on the baseball field later in that uh, wonderful experience I had as, as Rudy, um, as a first uh, scout team member on the football team, all of those experiences with the physical mission uh, cobbled together to today become Brad, the, the co-founder with my great friend, Dr. Melissa Kerr uh, of This Is Surf Club. And, and we've got a vision of this thing way beyond Magathy River Middle School. We think there's no end to the number of waves that middle schoolers across the country are facing. We think there's no end to communities of caring adults that want to come together and help. Um, we see, you know, the struggle that our, our teachers, our, our professional educators are going through. And we'd love to have community members come in. And at Magathy for our program, we have nine adults from the community that are going to come in. So that Surf Club is not an initiative set on the plate of a teacher who is already stacked with things that they need to do. This is a, a separate deal handled during a, a study hall, a free period where we're going to get the kids together and, uh, and talk about our skills and tools. And it's going to allow teachers to you know, have an additional planning period, a little bit of recovery time so that they can get back in front of the class and, and do the great things that they do. So I know that's, that's one huge, big, long thought connecting a lot of points. And I appreciate the the use of uh, Sing Second Sports Platform to, to highlight what we're up to surfing at Magathy River Middle School. 
Well, you know, surfing the waves of life, Brad, I, I can't help but be struck by the parallel paths that we talk about um, at the uh, at the Sing Second Sports podcast about the values of the physical mission and the challenges, you know, upon those fields of friendly strife or sown the seeds of victory, that you are often armed with those lessons that bring you forward and make you successful in life as a Naval Academy graduate. And, and what you're doing with This Is Surf Club seems to be a combination of that moral, mental, physical development that you received uh, on the banks of the Severn River, and you're applying it um, on a middle school level, which I, I think is just transformational. So I have to ask you, do you are how informed are you by, is there a seminal moment in your athletic career, whether it was in high school with Roger Snodgrass helping you with the fundamentals or at the Naval Academy? What, what do you draw on? Uh, in your experience athletically when the chips are down and you need to overcome adversity and ride those waves of life uh, that you're trying to teach uh, to the kids at Magathy River Middle School? Well, that's a great question. Um, the, the thing that shaped me was that my mom was a kindergarten teacher uh, for her entire career. She was the cheerleading advisor at our high school. My dad coached every team that I was on growing up. Um, and it, it, it chokes me up. Well, uh, maybe we'll edit this part out. Maybe we won't, but, um, thinking back to, to my parents and it wasn't all uh, positives, right? There are ups and downs and it was their support of young people through the downs that endeared them to those young people, the ones that would come home from college and want to check in with my mom, the cheerleading advisor, my friends wanting to come over and, um, and, and break bread and, uh, and see my parents and, and catch up and tell them what was going on in their lives. It was a little bit because they were there to cheer them on through the up waves. But as I reflect on it, it was really about them riding alongside during the down waves. Um, and, and that really um, brought me to where I am today. Riding alongside Brad, and and I can tell you um, that you know you have been riding alongside me and my family since we met as lieutenants in Loose Hall. And ladies and gentlemen, if you hear the the passion and the emotion uh, that Brad is speaking with right now, and he's doing that from a utility closet during a tornado drill at the middle school. So you know, despite the gravity of what we're talking about, we still have to deal with uh, with real life tactics and real life stuff going on. And, and your ability to adapt and overcome is amazing. Um, I, I thank you for what you're doing uh, for these kids. And ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to this podcast, you know, look out in the Capitol, the Naptown Scoop, hopefully on WBAL TV, we are going to be doing uh, some press for this because it is an unbelievable program. And Brad, thank you for for being, you know, the the starting point, the the yeah, you know, the the lighter of the fire uh for that. As we go out, I, I'm I'm just gonna have to ask you, you're still a you're still a Naval Academy alum, you're still a football alum. Um, you know, we've got a big game on Friday. Uh as the tornado drill is winding down in the background, what's your prediction uh for Friday and and what's your evaluation of the football team so far? Well, the evaluation of the football team is more uh, wave riding, right? There have been ups and downs this season. Uh, thankfully, last weekend, we're coming off of an up. Uh, the, the triple option of old returned. 
Um, uh, and it was, it was great to see, but that's just a result of staying with the process, staying with the process that has been a quarter century of, of wonderful results uh, led by you know, th- those two men that, that ran this uh, offense as quarterbacks at the University of Hawaii, Ken Niamatololo and Ivan Jasper, uh, great men, great leaders who have a great process, and they've just stuck by the young men. They have ridden shotgun right next to them through a tough start. And last week, you saw the the fruits of that consistent approach and just uh, sticking with some young men and riding the waves. And, and I see more positives going forward. I think we're going to build on last week, um, use that confidence and keep going. But it, it is the result of uh, adults who are, you know, there are no two more caring uh, members of our community than Ivan Jasper and Kenny Amatololo and the rest of their staff. Um, they're, they're fantastic. Uh, the young men they coach are, uh, are great to watch. And um, I, I see, I see more positives coming this Friday. We're going to, we're going to build on last week. We love it. Brad, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is called this is surf club and hats off to you, Brad and Dr. Kerr for doing what you're doing to help people ride the waves. We'll continue to ride the wave with you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to do the BZs and the future ops. This is Think Second Sports. All right, one more set of announcements from our friends at NAAA. Navy women's soccer returns to Glen Warner Friday, October 21st for the final match of the regular season. Kickoff is set for 5 p.m., but fans are encouraged to get to the stadium early as we will be honoring our senior class prior to the start of the game. In addition, fans in attendance will receive a free Halloween candy bucket upon arrival at the stadium. That's next Friday, October 21st at the Glen Warner Soccer Facility. And the Navy men return to Glen Warner Wednesday, October 19th for a 7 p.m. matchup with the Retrievers of UMBC. Be sure to get to the stadium early as the first 1,000 fans will receive a free t-shirt, compliments of the Graduate Annapolis Hotel. And finally, Navy Volleyball is on a roll. You've heard John talk about it for the last couple weeks. They've won six straight games and eight of the last nine. The Mids return to West B Friday, October 21st for a 7 p.m. match against rival Army. The first 500 fans in attendance will receive a free rally towel. Navy Volleyball then comes back the following afternoon for a 4 p.m. match First Holy Cross. Do not miss a single moment of the action. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, great interview with Brad Snodgrass. Again, hats off to him for what he is doing as an educator and as a mentor of young people here in the area. For more information, please look up This Is Surf Club. If you're a local person and if your kid goes to McAfee River Middle School, yeah, why don't you go ahead and check that out? It's awesome. Hey, Wags, before we get into the BZs and the upcoming events, I know that there's a great upcoming event for, you know, a very good friend of the pod and a father of a Naval Academy football player. Why don't you tell us about Rusty Romo and the upcoming wine tasting? Well, John, thank you. As you know, Rusty Romo has a scholarship fund named in honor of his father, who is a Navy legend, former athletic trainer, Red Romo, the Red Romo Scholarship Foundation provides funds so that Navy can hire part-time and uh, introductory trainers. They're, these are young trainers learning the craft, and but it's important for Navy athletics because it's an extra set of hands helping out Jim Barry and his team 
They're, you know, with a massive amount of varsity sports at Navy Fields, you can never have enough trainers on board. So this is a very important program. And Rusty has done a great job honoring his father's legacy, raising funds to help get young trainers, you know, started in their careers. And it's really an impressive list of trainers who, who started through the Red Romo Scholarship Fund and then went on to lengthy, successful careers as trainers in college athletics and beyond. But uh, Rusty will have be holding a wine tasting fundraiser to benefit the Red Romo Scholarship Foundation this Sunday, October 16th, from 5 to 8 p.m. at his restaurant, Harry Brown's 66 State Circle. Uh, $125 per ticket, light hors d'oeuvres and wine, great wines. Um, but it's just really important to support this, the Red Romo Foundation, to support Navy athletic training. So we encourage anyone who's friends of the pod, of uh, Sing Second Sports uh, supporters to get out there and, and support Rusty Romo, Red Romo, and this scholarship foundation. Now, let's get into some BZs. First of all, what happened? Uh, hats off to Navy Golf's Keegan Shreves. He finished T23. He started off tough. He had a 76 in round one. Uh, but then he came back uh, in the Jackson T. Stevens Cup. Uh, that was down there in Florida, in Juneau Beach, Florida. But he completed the two-day 54-hole cup at two over par, 218. Again, that opening 76 was hard to get, get away from. But shooting the back-to-back 71s, uh, hats off to Keegan Shreves. I'm sure that he would have preferred to have the uh, Navy star uh, against Army, uh, but he will take a very good performance down in Juneau Beach. Hats off to Keegan Shreves. Also, let's talk about the hottest team in sports. That is your Navy volleyball team. The Patriot League named Jordan Llewellyn as its Volleyball Player of the Week for the second week in a row. Llewellyn averaged four kills, about half an ace, and 2.67 kills per set in Navy's two victories on the weekend that moved the mids into first place at the halfway point this season. Uh, Navy plays just one match at the end of this week. That's the Colgate team that Navy just beat down here uh, to get into first place. So, uh, good luck to them, and congrats to Jordan Llewellyn. Let's also talk swimming. Navy's Everett Andrew was announced Tuesday as the week's Patriot League Swimmer of the Week. It's the first weekly award of his career. After helping the mids to a pair of wins in their season opening meet against BC and Penn State, he began his day by placing first overall in the 200-meter freestyle with a time of 138, which is pretty damn fast. He also was the top finisher in the 100 meter free, clocking a time of 44 seconds. He would go on to play second in the five meter freestyle with a time of four and a half minutes. So hats off to Everett Everett Andrew of Navy Swimming. Let's talk about what's going on this weekend. We have two star competitions coming up this weekend and we need to take both of them, technically three because men's and women's cross country take on Army on Saturday at 11 for the women, 12 for the men. Let's watch men, men's and women's cross country on Saturday take the stars from Army. And then also Navy women's soccer, they will play uh, the two, 2022 star game up at Army Saturday night in West Point. Good luck to Karen Gabera 
um, and the ladies. Hopefully they can bring that star home. What else is going on this weekend? Intercollegiate sailing, uh, the Truxton Olmstead Regatta is all weekend, as well as the Washington College Fall Open. Good luck to intercollegiate sailing. The women are going to be up at Kings Point. Navy golf, women's golf is going to be at the Lady Blue Hen. And uh, good luck to Nadia and the ladies as they do that. Men's rugby, all they do is win. Uh, they're at Notre Dame College. Notre Dame College is in Ohio, by the way, Saturday at 11 a.m. Good luck to them. Navy women's rugby is at Davenport up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So some uh, some Midwestern travel for the rugby teams. I mentioned the volleyball is at Colgate on Saturday. Uh, men's soccer is at Lehigh at 5 p.m. Really, really need a bounce back um, from the Army game. Let's hope that men's soccer turns it around and beats up on Lehigh. And water polo has two big conference uh, matchups this coming weekend. Mount St. Mary's on Saturday. The colors are probably outrageous right now. And then they go up to Lewisburg to play Bucknell at noon on Sunday. Um, both of these teams are ahead of Navy water polo uh, in the standings. They need to get a couple of wins. They got three out of four in West Virginia last weekend. Let's get two. Hey, so that is that. Please read Wags' stuff in the Capitol. His lead up to the SMU has been amazing. Please subscribe, support local journalism, and read Bill Wagner's stuff. For Bill Wagner, Chris Cervello, I am John Schofield. This has been Sing Second Sports. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.